This is Real Presence Live on the RPR Network, bringing you stories of faith and hope through local hosts and guests from across the Upper Midwest. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to Real Presence Live. You're listening across the Real Presence Radio Network, but you also might be listening on the Real Presence Radio app. If you go to your Android store, your iOS store, whatever the case may be, you can download the Real Presence Radio app and you can listen there. You can check out podcasts and see a schedule of things that are going to happen. And that is on uh, any of your Apple Play stores or Google Play stores, the Real Presence Radio app. Uh, If you're like me, you also listen on that little spying device inside your home called the Amazon uh, Echo or Amazon Alexa, whatever they're called this week. Um, it's really nice just to be able to say, hey, turn on Real Presence Radio on 1280 AM and it it comes up. So uh, in this next segment here, I'm going to try to give you a little bit of an encouraging word. I asked for the opportunity to do so. Uh, If you're like me, and I assume that many of you are, your heart's been kind of breaking about things that have been going on um, in the Middle East, especially in Afghanistan. And uh, I want to begin um, just by reading some scripture to kind of put into context how we as Catholics should think of these things maybe a little bit differently than most people do. I'm going to read from the beginning of the seventh chapter of the book of Judges. Then Gideon and all the people who were with him rose early and encamped beside the spring of Harad, and the camp of Midian was north of them by the hill of Morah in the valley. The Lord said to Gideon, The people with you are too many for me to give to the Midianites into their hands, lest Israel vaunt themselves against me by saying, My own hand has delivered me. Now therefore, proclaim in the ears of the people, saying, Whoever is fearful and trembling, let him return home. And Gideon tested them, and twenty-two thousand returned, and ten thousand remained. I'm going to pause for just a second to kind of set the stage here a little bit. The reason why God is trying to lower the number of people in Gideon's army is not because he doesn't need them. Maybe he did need them. But it's because he knows that if Israel's successful with 32,000 soldiers, they'll say, look at this great thing we accomplished. And God doesn't want them to be prideful and boastful about their own accomplishments, right? So he says, I'm going to make sure that you guys can't get credit for this. So I'm going to take some away. And 22,000 people leave, right? Imagine you're one of the 10,000 that are left there. And you just watched (laughs) 22,000 people. That's two-thirds of your army just say, you know what? I'm too scared to do this. If you're in a a group of, of a room of 10 people and someone said, there might be something remotely dangerous that could happen here and one person left, I think most of the nine people would be like, maybe I should be like that guy and leave, right? How those 10,000 people had the courage to stay there after two-thirds of them left is a remarkable testament to the fortitude of the 10,000 people that are left behind. But God's not done with the 10,000. He continues. The Lord said to Gideon, the people are still too many. Take them down to the water and I will test them for you there. And he of whom I say to you, this man shall go with you, shall go with you. And any of whom I say to you, this man shall not go with you, shall not go. So he brought the people down to the water, and the Lord said to Gideon, Everyone that laps the water with his tongue as a dog laps, you shall set by himself. Likewise, everyone that kneels down to drink. 
And the number of those that lapped, putting their hands to their mouths, was three hundred men. But all the rest of the people knelt down to drink water. And the Lord said to Gideon, With the three hundred men that lapped, I will deliver you and give the Midianites into your hand, and let all the others go, every man to his own home. Now, I think that's good for another pause. (laughs) God doesn't take the 9,700 sophisticated people who have a remote interest in being somewhat civilized when they go down to the river to drink, right? God says, no, I want the 300 that are the most savage, the most uncultured, so to speak. Those are the guys that I want, right? Those are the guys, there's no doubt who will get the glory if we win this battle, if I take those 300 with us. And if I ask myself, usually, no matter what the situation is, I'm kind of the guy who's a little average, as, as Joe mentioned in the first segment, a little bit of a normal dude. Uh, God says, I can work with those kind of people. God doesn't say, oh man, I can only use the Scott Hans, or I can only use the Mark Holcrafts, I can only use these great people. No, he can use the average person as long as that person is faithful and open to doing what God desires him to do. Right? He takes those, those more savage people uh, with him to do it. Now, I'll, I'll continue reading here. That same night, the Lord said to him, Arise and go down against the camp, for I have given it into your hand. But if you fear to go down, go down to the camp with Parah your servant, and you shall hear what they say, and afterward your hand shall be strengthened to go down against the camp. Then he went down with Parah his servant. So notice, he's saying, if you still have fear of me sending you into this battle with only 300 people, go do this thing. And Gideon does it, right? So it it acknowledges that Gideon is afraid. I just lost, (laughs) I don't even know the math, or 31,700 people I've just lost in my army. Yeah, I'm a little bit afraid, okay? Continuing. The Midianites and the Amalekites and all the people of the east lay among the valley like locusts in the multitude, and their camels were without number, as the sand of which is upon the seashore. When Gideon came, behold, a man was telling a dream to his comrade and said, Behold, I dreamed a dream, and a cake made of barley bread tumbled into the camp of Midian and came to the tent and struck it, so that it fell and turned upside down so that the tent lay flat. And his comrade answered, This is no other than the sword of Gideon, the son of Joash, a man of Israel, and into his hand God has given Midian and all of the host. Host just meaning the army. And when Gideon heard the telling of the dream and its interpretation, he worshipped. And he arose and returned to the camp of Israel and said, Arise, for the Lord has given the host of Midian into your hand. And then it explains how he divided the 300 people into groups of 100. They come down the hill, they blow the trumpets, and they, and they yell out for the Lord and for Gideon. And of course, the Midianites and the Amalekites are scared, and they run off, and the battle is given into Gideon's hand. Now, there's no question whatsoever who won the battle. It wasn't Gideon, and it certainly wasn't those 300 people. It was the Lord's victory, right? And so what I want to leave you with some encouragement with what you're experiencing, how can it be that our military, who's the strongest in the world, how can it be that these things we should be able to succeed at, we suddenly seem to not be able to be successful at? And I would suggest to you that a part of the reason why that is is because 
it's not our victory. If it's going to be a victory, it's going to be the Lord's victory. And we as a nation and as a country have in many ways decided to turn away from the Lord in a multitude of ways. So he's humbling us. He's giving us an opportunity to return to our knees. When, when Gideon finds out that this dream has been had by those in the Midian camp and this thing's really going to happen, there's only two words after that. He worshiped, right? In other words, for us in our own time, we'd go to Mass. We'd give thanks to God. The, whole, the word Eucharist means thanksgiving, right? So he gave thanks to God for being willing to do this thing through him, but then he actually went through and did it, right? He did as the Lord prescribed him to do. And all throughout that passage in Judges 7, Gideon is in constant communication with Jesus. He's in constant communication with God, right? Are we in constant communication with God? Joe mentioned again in that first segment, I thought it was very fitting, right? Are we bringing God into the daily things that we're trying to accomplish, our daily frustrations? Or do we claim in some way, shape, or form that we have to be responsible for them? If, if I don't get this particular guest on Real Presence Live on Friday, then bad things are going to happen. No, the Lord cares. He's interested. He desires what it is uh, that's always good for his people and that's in accordance with his will. And so Joe was a guest today instead of who I was trying to get. What a beautiful thing to not have everything dependent upon me or dependent upon us, right? It's the Lord. And we need to remember to be humble. But we are not a great nation because we as individuals are great. If we are a great nation, it's because we're a faithful nation filled with faithful Christians and faithful Catholics who desire nothing else but to give glory to God for the things that are done and care more about the things of God than their own people. And whether I talk to um, people who would be more left of center or people who are more right of center, they often will say something like, well, I have to vote for this candidate because that's the lesser of two evils. And as long as we continue to act as Catholics, just like everyone else does, and we vote for the lesser of two evils, we're going to continue to get evil. As Catholics, we need to have a different approach. I shouldn't look the same as a commentator on TV does. I should sound different. I should act different. I should pray different. I should live differently. And we as Catholics, 64 million plus strong, have a real opportunity to show our neighbors, our, our coworkers, that we don't want anything for our own glory. We want it for the Lord. And we could go there tomorrow with 300 people and as long as we did what God wanted us to do, it would be successful, and it would be known that it was the Lord who was successful. And so, rest in that, I think, as you're hearing some of these things um, on TV or from your coworkers or some of the bad news that's coming, the Lord's in control. We are at, being asked by the Lord in this moment to be humble, to be faithful, and to return to Him. And if we do that, He will continue to bless us immeasurably as he's done for many, many, many generations. And as he says in Scripture, he'll even do it down to the thousandth generation. So, be encouraged. The Lord is still in control. Let's go like Gideon. Hear the word of the Lord. Take it to the sacraments. Take it to the Eucharist. Worship the Lord and be thankful for his many gifts and blessings. He is in charge. And on the other side of the break, we'll talk about some daily devotions and how you can incorporate those into your life and find out what they are. You're listening to Real Presence Radio across the Real Presence Radio Network. <laughs> 